Hey, welcome. It is our Aloha edition of Coffee with the Coach. Michael, Magic Michael, come on out and come on from behind that screen. Hi. Michael is going to join us and he is tired, ladies and gentlemen, because he had a big week, a big week over in Ireland. Tell us about what, what went on over there, buddy. Oh, man, we, we did a show on Sunday, and it was just the the reaction blew us away. Like, it was nuts. Like, we, we only started three or four months ago, and we got, like, 30, like, 30, 40,000 viewers, Facebook, Twitter, and stuff. So it was just incredible. Like, loads of great guests, on, including yourself, Jeff. So we, we massively appreciate it. But, look, I'm tired, but you guys are more tired. You, you were up to, like, half four in the morning having a set on TV where I was, like, trying to watch the game. So harder well, for you guys. Let me just let me quote one of my favorite musicians right here. Warren Zevon said, "You can sleep when you're dead." So let's that's we're still living, and so let's get it on. Hey, now explain to me and explain to the, the listeners and viewers and everybody around the world that watches this. What exactly are we on now? You put us on additional pre, uh, platforms. We are, yeah. So Jeff can now be heard in audio format on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, potentially in Google Podcasts mm-hmm. as well. It'll be up by around half nine tonight. And obviously tonight with Neil, with Neil being on, it's, it should be a great interview. So uh, yeah, subscribe, follow. Hopefully this will keep going in the off season as well in, in terms of audio and video. So get on it. It's, it's another podcast to listen to on the way to work, Jeff. After All right. Now, I hate to send you back to the, to the salt mill, but get back there and engineer this thing. I'm, I'm moving best. on. <laughs> All right. I tell you what, he is a great one. A um, little bit of sad news to start with tonight. Uh, Marty Schottenheimer, head coach of the Chiefs, the Browns, Chargers, the Redskins, and a really, really, really good man, uh, passed away today at, I believe, 72 with his family in Charlotte, North Carolina. He'd been suffering from, you know, the effects of Alzheimer's disease for probably about 10 years, and it really sad to see him go. Uh, had a wonderful opportunity once to sit in the press box at the senior bowl, which is really like the pro coaches convention. And uh, I got an opportunity to sit in the press box and sit next to Marty for the entire game. And, and uh, it was really an amazing, amazing journey. And to, to sit there for two hours, three hours and just talk football with a guy as, as with all the background that he has was, was really something special. And another one passed away this week. Another one of the warriors, Chris Wessling, um, NFL around around the NFL podcast hero uh, and really one of the sweetest spirits I've ever met. Really a good, good guy. And I'll be honest with you, when when we first uh, when I first met those guys, I, I had no idea what they were, who they were or anything. And, and uh, I was a little skeptical, to be honest. And, uh, you know, when I met Chris and especially Chris and the, the whole bunch, they're really good guys. And Chris had a twinkle in his eye and. He and I had shared a cancer journey, and uh, I was really pulling hard for him. And uh, the message came late last week that he had passed away. And, uh, you know, our prayers go out. Our pulley is up for uh, Lakeisha, his wife, and Link, his young son, who are, you know, just devastated, obviously. So, Ken, I hope you'll throw a pulley up for uh, for those two guys as they go off into uh, into heaven. There's Chris right there. Um uh, this show is the last show of our week with Hickory's, and I wanted to say thank you uh, to the folks at Hickory's who sponsored the show all last week and were really good to us. And I, it's, it's been an amazing response from the people out there that uh, went with either the, the Super Bowl pack or the Wings and Beer pack that Hickory's had out last week. It was great stuff, like I said it would be. 
Um, it's not because I said it. It's just because that's the way it is. That is the best. And uh, somebody else, going, if, you, if you're going to contest that, you're going to have to prove it to me. That is the best uh, southern barbecue you can get in the U.K. Uh, they deliver right to your house. All you got to do is unpack, heat, and eat, and get a taste of North Carolina or Texas or Georgia or any place in the south where they love barbecue. Memphis, Kansas City. Uh, it is really, really good. And, uh, you know, again, I, I just want to say thank you to those guys for, you know, putting us over the edge uh, last week. Uh, this guy, this week, obviously, it's Super Bowl, the, uh, the after effect of Super Bowl. And uh, this guy is a really special dude. Uh, at 60, year, 60 years uh, old, he has won his first Super Bowl. He waited until he was 59 to get an opportunity to be a head coach in the National Football League. Um, he is a unbelievable he's – he's just one of the kind of characters that the league needs. And uh, he, he stands for an awful lot of things. But the good guy of the week this week is Tampa Bay Bucks head coach Bruce Arians. Uh, he got the award because of what he does with the Arians Foundation, which raises money for uh, children in need, not only in uh, – Phoenix, the Phoenix area where the foundation was started, but also in the Tampa Bay area. And uh, stick that up there one more time, will you, Mikey? Um, and the reason I want to spend a little time on this guy is because at the time that right now where the NFL is struggling with diversity hiring, where the NFL is, frankly, way, way behind, um, here's a guy on his staff that all three of his coordinators are African-American. He has two women on his staff. And uh, I think he is the guy that you, if you want to see how to do it, just take a look at Bruce. And, and it's all about it's not about entitlement. It's not about, um, you know, gifts. These are people who deserve these opportunities, who have the fit, who have the ability to to coach at a high level, to uh, succeed. And all they need is an opportunity. And it takes guts and it takes guys with courage and certainly Guts and courage are two things that are synonymous with Bruce Arians. So this week's good guy of the week is Bruce Arians. Now, I'm going to bring on our first guest, and he is another good guy. And he is a guy that is, frankly, uh, has been a blessing to be around for, I guess, the 10 or 15 or maybe 20 years now that I've had a chance to know him. Um, I've watched to, I've watched him grow in his in his career. I've watched him grow in his family. Um he is really a really, really a good guy, number one. And, you know, that's the most important thing. But our guest tonight is my boss, my quarterback, if you will. I sound like Terrell Owens, but my quarterback with our show at Sky Sports, uh, the guy who is now the face, I think this is undif und undisputed, the face of the NFL in the UK, Neil Reynolds. Welcome, Neil. Great. Jeffrey, right? We're seeing you for ages. <laughs> usually, usually there are two people when they say Jeffrey that I know something that they're on my butt. That's my mother, who's no longer with us, and you. So when you said Jeffrey, I went, uh oh, what did I do? I'm, just, I'm, doing I'm good. I'm very good. I'm just recovering from the Super Bowl. I went out sledging today with the kids uh, in the snow. That was good. Um, just, yeah, just getting back into it. Got my columns out of the way Monday and Tuesday. So happy days. Yeah, enjoying. Enjoying a little bit of a slower pace. I've got two questions for you, and then you are asking me the questions, which I really like. Um, right. Is it 
drink me coffee with coach or is this no you can no that is plenty good because i've got one too it's it started because we used to do this show in the morning and so so Um, i'm gonna have i'm gonna have a little taste too and uh i saw your opener your opener was beautifully made i love that all the pictures and stuff um but there was a picture of me in there so we need to discuss image rights I told you he wanted he wanted writers in his contract when we offered to bring him on. <laughs> oh, how it's changed, hasn't it? Oh, from, the, from back at NFL Europe. Hey, um, you know how loosely scripted I am, so you can you know you, you, at all. <laughs> you can handle this, I think, better than anybody. But I want to talk about a lot of things. I want to cover a lot of ground. We don't have a lot of time, but I want to cover a lot of ground because I think there's so many things about what you've done, Neil. Um, that are really cool, number one, but number two, that there might be young kids out there that are dreaming a dream and say, oh, shit, he did. Excuse my language. Oh, he did it. Well, maybe I can do it. Right. So I want you to take us through kind of the kind of the dawning of your infatuation with the NFL and football and and then kind of how that grew. Yeah, so I became a fan uh, in the 80s. Dan Marino was a rookie with the Dolphins um, and was kind of coming onto the scene. There was a lot of excitement about Marino. um, And I kind of got hooked by that. My dad always watched the game anyway. My dad was a 49ers fan. Um, So got into into the sport that way as a fan on on Channel 4. I think I was about 14 and a careers advisor came into our school and said, oh, what do you want to do? And I was like, I'm going to be a journalist. I'm going to write about the NFL. And they were like, first of all, they said, what's the NFL? Get out of here. Get out of oh, yeah. here. No, I was 14. For real? At 14? Yeah. yeah. So when what I was did, 15. What did, yeah, what, did, what, what did that person say at 14? They didn't even know what the NFL was, did they? Well, they said that. And they also said journalism is <laughs> a competitive field. You might want to choose something else, which I didn't. When I was 15, you remember the championship game, Cleveland and Denver, when Ernest Biner's fumbles at the five? Yep. I used to turn the sound down and commentate over that when I was 15 years old. How sad. So. <laughs> Did you so really? then I was so then I was a I was a uh, fan, obviously like everyone else. I started working for the old Gridiron magazine and first down in ninety-one. Um and then I went away and worked for local newspapers, got properly qualified, um, worked three years at first down, six years at NFL Europe, um, and kind of first down late first down early NFL Europe. I think we started, I knew you from about 99, 2000. Um, And then uh, started doing bits and pieces on Sky overnight stuff, Um, BBC Radio a bit, and then full-time on Sky 2011, um, obviously alongside Kev. And now this just finished my fourth season. Um, Yeah, in the big big chair, as they say, uh, hosting. All right, so, and we're going to get to that, but I want to ask you, go back through that, right? And you're in high school, right? Or college or whatever. I'm sorry. I don't, I don't know how they call it. It's different here, right? (laughs) At some point, do mom and dad come and say, Hey, Neil, um, maybe business or a doctor or. Yeah. I mean, exactly that. My dad said to me, if you, if you spent half as much time, (laughs) honestly, Jeff, you'll love this because you'll think this is that, you know, what I love what I'm like, and this will hit right home with you. I was 16 years old, and my dad said to me, if you spend half as much time on your schoolwork as you do learning NFL stats, you might amount to something. (laughs) (laughs) And I still love a stat today. (laughs) 
<laughs> you know, I think that's so neat. And, you know, because today, and the reason I asked you that question, because I, I did a thing with a guy today, right? He's a, a teacher at college somewhere here. Right. And, you know, it, they have those deals where you pick somebody, they say, okay, you know, how did you get into what you do? And, you know, like, you know, I, I, you know me, like, I got no plan. I just, you know, I like bump my way through everything, right? Yeah. And, and I thought about you because the kids were asking questions, you know, like, you know, how many years did you have to go to school and all that stuff? How, when you, when you get those kind of questions, what do you say to people? When you, what do you say to a young kid who says, I want to be the next Neil Reynolds? So they all want to be that straight away. So there's two things I say. So if you think about it, I started writing, let's say I started writing full time 95, 1995 uh, for a local newspaper. So I went away and got grounding. I got the journalistic education you need. So I didn't actually appear on Sky until 2006. That was 11 years. I've been a journalist and actually full time. I didn't come on Sky. I've been a journalist for nearly 15 years. I've been a journalist for more than 20 years. Some people might have seen me pop up at the start of the 2017 season as the host of Sky's NFL coverage and think, well, well I wonder where he's come from. Well, I'd been writing about the sport for 20 years by that point. So well, yeah, it takes time. You've got to get your ground in and you can't just expect to start up a, you know, I, I tell this to so many people. I said, you go away and work for a local newspaper, get that grounding in journalism first. Well, no, I just want to do what you do. And actually, sometimes it's a little bit insulting to think you just uh, <laughs> They left the door open, Jeff. I just walked in. Oh, but, you know, um, I, I think it's really neat. There's so many NFL Europe stories that we could tell, and we'd be here for an hour just and wouldn't get through the first five years. But it's amazing to me to think, and every time we go to the Super Bowl, it really hits me, right? When I remember being in the London offices and Henry Hodgson and you were these young guys working for David Tossel and – at lunchtime, you would take a football and go back in the storage room and yep. play catch, right? Throw the ball around. And some I can't remember, I think it was you actually it put would put Shuggy, the the Claymore's mascot. Yeah. Yeah, so what happened? What would happen? We would walk past your office, you would kind of shake your head disapprovingly as we thought. <laughs> Me and Henry would then go into so every day we would go into in that storage room was all sports, so it was like an Aladdin's cave. We would throw for like about 30 minutes, then sit on a couple of storage boxes and open a pack of trading cards every day. They had these big boxes of old trading cards. Yeah. So we just that way every day. That was our lunchtime. And we would start to kind of up the ante on the throws. So Henry would be throwing it through the storage racks and I would try and catch. <laughs> and in the end, I decided to put, they'd shut down the Scottish Claymores at this point. I put the mascot's head on and was running around trying to catch passes and the chief financial <laughs> officer of the NFL walked into the storeroom and marched us back to our desks then called us into his office and then told us that that was um, that was property that they had to protect for legal reasons and that we couldn't wear it on our head <laughs> forget about your nose it was the, they it's shuggy they were more worried about shuggy there's more what I was you wearing know, on my head and, you know, the thing that is so incredible about that is now you are the face of 
the NFL in the UK, and you can't deny it. And don't be you know you don't have to you don't have to shrug or say oh shucks right because it's true. And Henry is the head of all digital media media for the NFL. You two guys have gone that far, and I think I just think that's amazing. And that's the kind of stories that young kids need to hear when they're getting all that other noise about you know you should you should spend time with your maths and do you know if you got a passion like you had that's a passion. That's what it was. So I had a passion for it, right? I still do. We still jump out of our chairs now. You know, when we watch the games together, we watch them like fans. You know, I I enjoy the touchdowns. You enjoy shouting at the officials. We all get something <laughs> out. <of it. laughs> all right. Now, what I want you to tell me in all of the guys that you've interviewed, and it's phenomenal. I mean, it really is phenomenal, right? Yeah. Because yeah. You, you no, that's. I mean, it's, it's really incredible. How many Hall of Famers? You ever counted up how many Hall of Famers you've interviewed? Probably at least, well, at least 20 from a, when I wrote my book. Um, and then I'd say, you think of people like Montana, Elway, that all went in, yeah. Peyton, Favre. I mean, I don't know. We're north, we're north of 50. We've got to be close to 100. I would, well, no, not 100, because I don't know how many is actually in there. It's definitely above 50, yeah. All right. All 50 Hall of Famers and uh, probably 200, 300 other players, right? Yeah. Coaches and, and yeah. people in the NFL. What's been the most fun interview you ever did? So the, a few from my book were um, very different because obviously those were um, those were kind of calling people out of the blue and then you know, trying to explain to Chuck Bednarik that I wasn't Australian. Um, <laughs> I was convinced I was Australian. Um, he was a great one. Uh, Dick Buckus. Yeah, you think about Dick Buckus, this animalistic linebacker for the Bears, and and he was um, he was couldn't have been nicer. But he was sitting eating his breakfast cereal, and he was like, "Well, I haven't really got time right now." And I was like, "Okay, can I call you back?" And I said, "It's about I want to talk about toughness." And he just answered. He just went, "Well, I'll tell you about toughness." And, then, and that was forty five minutes later. We're still going. Um, I, th I think from. I think from sort of more modern era players, I think Ray Lewis, you just hang on his every word, you know, and I, I, I genuinely think he could, could be a preacher. There's a bit of preacher in him, the way he talks. Um, Ray Lewis was really good. Um, there's been so many. I think Joe Montana would be one, you know, I think just because of the circumstances, um, you know, just, just sort of cold calling Joe Montana's agent and, Montana says, yeah, come out to the house, you know, and then you're sitting in Joe Montana's film room and then you're walking around the house and he's like, there's my pool. And, um, come out to the house. I'm, yeah. And I'm like, I'm in Joe Montana's house, <laughs> in his film room, interviewing him. You know? So those are the you have, ones that, that get you. Have you ever had one where you just like, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. You, you just went, especially yeah. when you were just getting started? So the worst one was Jeremy Shockey. So, really? Uh, he was. Yeah, he was with the Saints then. I was at training camp, and Shockey uh, was supposed to come out and do an interview with us. We were set up in front of their training camp building, in front of the locker room by the side of the field. And I see him sneak out the back of the building. You could see it. And I saw him try and climb a fence what? to avoid the interview. And then realized he couldn't get over the fence, had to climb back down. Do the walk of shame past us <laughs> and then say, basically, oh, sorry, I've got to go to a meeting. Two years after that, maybe, maybe a year after that, Shockey was out of the league 
or coming close to being out of the league. And he was in London. So I interviewed him in London. He was so drunk. He was drunk. He was belligerent. He was, every other word was a swear word aimed at the commissioner of the NFL. And every answer, I was just like, can't use that. And then he'd say something else. <laughs> that. And I definitely can't use that. And the whole thing was pointless. So I wished I'd helped him over the fence in the first place because he was the worst for sure. That's amazing. Now, Neil, um, this is something actually I don't think you and I have ever even discussed or talked about. You come to Sky and you're working uh, on the broadcast. And um, really kind of, I think if I remember the chronological order of it, which I'm a little hazy on, but um, I think you had replaced Nick when Nick right. moved on to Nick boxing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And um, then they moved on from Kevin and you moved into the corner chair. And there was one year, there was one year with Dara. You remember Dara work? Yeah, that's right. I never right. That's right. You never want to be the guy to replace the guy. Well, that you hit it exactly correct then. But when you took over for Dara then, and I thank you for reminding me because I had forgotten about that. But um, when you took I over for Dara. I've had therapy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I wasn't going to go there. But, um, you know, it, it can't be lost on you because you grew up here. You remember the game on Channel 4. You remember, I mean, Kevin was such a big personality. Kevin was such a persona. And and you had to go in as an Englishman and, and take that role. And I can remember at times hearing pushback from people who said, oh, he, he, he's just an Englishman. What can he know? Right. How difficult was that was that situation? Um. It was. I mean, you can't try and I think the thing is, and this you say this all the time in coaching, and it's true, just be yourself, right? You can't imitate, I can't pretend to be Kev for nine hours every Sunday for for 20 weeks. It's, I can't I couldn't do it for 20 seconds, let alone 20 weeks. So you just be yourself. Um I think you it's a different approach, a little bit different. You know, maybe you know Kev was very very fun character and, and he didn't mind if that whole show was kind of a fun relaxed chilled out I think we try and we now do it a little bit of a different way and we try I think our coverage is actually very similar to what you have in America in terms of yeah. the the amount we talk about the talent of you guys that sit around me um you know we I think we we approach it in a serious but yes we have fun still along the way but I think we we do it a different way um, I think the sort of criticism never really, it, it kind of bothered me really early on, like when I was doing the overnight stuff more than when I got onto kind of being full time. By 2017, that skin was about four inches. <laughs> it was all right. And I tell you, and I tell it's got to be. It's got to be. And also, I'll, I'll sit next to Wade Phillips for four hours doing the draft. And then Wade Phillips will say to me, you, you are very, very good at what you do. Well, I'll take that. I sit with Brian Baldinger, who then says, you're as good as any host in America. Well, I'll take that. I'll take that from, you know, and so you, you'd get a thick skin anyway, but you also, you know, you try and, you know, I have confidence in what I do. And, you know, I think ultimately the, and I think this is true now of our fans as well, the accent shouldn't matter. You know, our fans yeah. in London know as much as the fans in LA. You no know, question. Dublin, no Dublin question. or Denver, you know, it's the same. We, we, we know the sport. So, um, 
yeah, but uh, early on, I think there was some, probably some pushback for sure. Yeah. Now, I'm I'm gonna might gather some questions for Neil from the from the audience, and I'm gonna spend about two more minutes because we gotta we gotta get him going. But um, the, don't this is not a this is not a scene I want to remember, please. It says, "Hi, Neil. What's your funniest big Kevin Cato moment?" Um, so there's two, and Kev was well three actually. Kev was really quite chilled out about making mistakes. He never cared. It was all part of the fun. Uh, there was a few. The Super Bowl, my first Super Bowl in Indianapolis. Uh, we, you know, we hold the hand mics at the Super Bowl, show, and they come back off the halftime show, and Kev's chatting away, and he hasn't picked up the microphone, and no one can hear a word he's saying. <laughs> Suddenly, I look in the monitor, and the camera's just zoomed on me. I was like, I best, I best speak there. <laughs> um, there was, uh, I think he, there was, I tell you what, my favourite, and you were there, you were there that night. So there was one night when I think it was around the Super Bowl time, and. Dara may have come in and was doing some interviews and there was a lot of talk about, well, I know this person, I can get this interview. I know this person, I can get that interview. And it got quite competitive as to who were. And then we just sat in the studio one night and Kev was telling a story. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah. I had Stevie Wonder for dinner last night. <laughs> I think me and you both were like, what? <laughs> yeah, Stevie came around the crib. And I was like, yeah, you win, Kev. You Game over. Win. Game over, Ed. No question. That was from no. Big Shows. Appreciate it. Glenner7 says, Neil, have you got Fitzmagic book for Belfast for NFL Live yet? Those beers are still on offer. So, uh, so Glenner, Fitz is one of my favorites. And and we when we went on the tour with him, uh, he was so popular with the, with the fans. Um, Jeff, you and I have had some good times in Belfast and Dublin. Absolutely. You know, I think I think getting out on the road again is 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 really good. You know, I did I've done a couple of virtual shows, and it's they're good and they're fun, uh, and it's great to be with the players. But for for me, it's looking out into the audience and and kind of seeing the fans. So uh, yeah, Fitz would be top of a off top of that list when we get going again. All right, now I want to touch on that too because that's all part of the history that maybe people don't really realize. That was an idea of yours, right? And you had to sell that to Alistair and the guys at NFL UK to fund us going on the road. Yeah, to fund us to go on, on the road, really. Yeah. And the first time we went, it was just me and you and a chalkboard, I think, if yeah. I remember correctly. It was. Yeah. And we, what did we do? Four? Yes. Yes. Four or five? Hmm. And it was just an absolute success. I mean, it just was amazing. And it's grown now into this incredible road show that that's happens every year. And you know what's amazing too is all the guys we've had, and we've had some great guys on that on those trips. They all say, "Man, I didn't know it was like this over here. I didn't know the fans were this passionate or knew this much or whatever." Well, that's my thing is to try and get it going again because we we had just one year off where we missed the, the tour before the pandemic hit, and we would have done a tour then, and we weren't doing one anyway. There wasn't one planned. Um, you know, and it, it's become a bit monster that maybe it's gonna we've got to stop it from eating itself because it got expensive. So because we put on all the wheel, best wheels, um, bells and whistles. See, I'm not I'm out of season already. I'm in off season. <laughs> we've got on a lot of bells and whistles that probably we don't need. We could just have a bunch of stalls and some fans, and that'll get the job done. Um, but it is important to do it. And I think when you think about recent shows and Super Bowls we've had, Josh Norman joined us for a couple of Super Bowls now. We met Josh on a tour. On Kirk tour? Cousins, 
Kirk Cousins joined us for our last most recent Super Bowl. I met Kirk on a tour. Cliff Avel joined us. That's where I met Cliff. Dallas, Dallas. Dallas Clark. I met yeah. Dallas. Peter yeah. King joins us every Sunday night. Where did I first meet Peter? On tour. So, you know, there's a benefit to lots of people, not just the fans, not just you and I. Um, there's a benefit to Sky. There's a benefit to the viewers. Um, so, yeah, we've got to get back out there. All right. Now, before, if we're going to go, if you're going to go back out, I want to go. I'm going to put in my reservation right now and I will handle your luggage because in the history of our traveling together, I've handled your luggage real well a couple of times. <laughs> I don't want to go there. <laughs> tell, tell the story. Tell the story. So, what Super Bowl was that? Is in Atlanta. Atlanta, because, yes. Because remember, the hotels were so far apart from one another. So I've got, I had a, a beautiful kind of black suit carrier. So I had my suitcase, then a suit carrier. We get off the plane and it's late, right? So it's three in the morning British time or whatever. We're tired. Jeff and Jeff's got his stuff and he's got, he's just, we, we are a team, but it was late. So Jeff went with his wife, Sean had gone. Like we're all just making our own way to the hotel and I'm waiting there. I'm like the last, you know, that sad sack who's the last one watching the carousel go around thinking, well, my, my suitcase has come, but there's no suit carrier. And we're talking all the suits, all the jackets for inside the huddle for that week. We're talking, there was a couple of pairs of shoes and then my suit for game day, shirts for the week. And so there's, there's nothing. So I go and report it. So I'm like another two hours at the airport. And I go and report it. I fill out all the paperwork. I go to the hotel. So we're at the hotel Monday, right? And then we were at the hotel Tuesday. Then the hotel was too far out of town. So we move hotels. And I'm in my hotel on Tuesday night in the new hotel. And then I get a phone call. And it's Jeff. And it, he's very sheepish. He's not normally sheepish. And he's like, you know, <laughs> I was like, what? And he's like, I think I've got your suit carrier. And I was like, well, do you remember? <clears throat> You'd even opened up the side and put in a Hawaii. You bought a sign for Hawaii, your house in Hawaii. You'd yeah. put that in. Hadn't realized that still even then that it was mine. So then I see you the next morning at breakfast and you're so apologetic. And I don't know if you remember, <laughs> I said to you, I said, well, the joke's on you, Jeff. And you were like, what do you mean? I was like, well, if I've got my suit carrier... And you, you thought that was <laughs> yours. And you saw that your face dropped. And he was like, I need to get to the airport. <laughs> oh, God almighty. That's so amazing. That's amazing. One more question, then we're going to let Neil get out of here. This is from. This comes from Mepsi. Is the Sky Sports NFL channel here to stay? Any specials planned for the offseason? Yeah, so um, I think it's definitely here to stay. Um, Jeff, you were shared on some of the emails. You know, our viewing figures were up about 30% this year compared to last year i think they were up last year on the year before but this year they were up record numbers um all through the playoffs it was you know record week every week was like we're getting an email it's been record viewers and and i think the big part of that is having the channel and then people then being able to watch nfl 24 7 and one of the things we need to do and want to do um is get our voices on there it's not just about taking all the nfl network stuff right. so um, so, you know, we will make documentaries, we will make additional programming and um, myself and Jeff will still do Inside the Huddle and see if we can push that onto TV, um, you know, more regularly. Um, but yeah, definitely. Uh, Jeff, I had an idea for the producer, but I don't think they're going to go for it. And it What's involves that? me, you 
Rob Bryan and an RV. Oh, Get across that, America. That is, I'm telling you, that's Emmy Award winning. That might even win a Nobel Prize. <laughs> I just sleep in the same, sleeping in the same RV as Big Rob. And he'll be, he'll be snoring. Oh my god! Hey, yeah, listen, no, thank you so much for your time. I know you, I know you're busy and you got to run. Promise me you'll come on and do it again because we got a whole lot more stories to unpack for the for the viewers. And and really, I, I want you to know I love you and I appreciate what you do and I'm proud of you as hell. Cheers. <laughs> All right, mate. Thank you. <laughs> Right. We'll see you, Neil. Thank you. You too, mate. Bye. All right. That's my guy right there, Neil Reynolds. And uh, really, really proud of what he's done, what he's accomplished in this profession. It is not an easy job, and he handles it extremely well. Uh, it's funny. It's funny. He described working with me and Rob on the same set as he, as it's like herding cats. So <laughs> poor guy has to deal with us. And yes, though that story about his luggage was true. I mean, I have no idea how I could could have done that, but that's me. Hey, I want to take a little pause for the cause right now. Mikey, give me that give me that graphic on uh, the best barbecue in all of the UK. That's it right there. Hickory's Smokehouse. And you go to hickorysathome.co.uk. Even though it's locked down, you can still get down with the best barbecue in town if you go to hickorysathome.co.uk. Order up yourself some. The family platter's outstanding. I think their best thing is the brisket, but that's my opinion. But check it out because it is all good. You can get everything from beer to barbecue from hickorysathome.co.uk and tell them you heard it here on Coffee with Coach. All right, here we go. Let's talk about, we got some stuff to unpack right now. The Super Bowl and congratulations first and foremost to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, their fans and all of the people who, you know, love the, love the Bucs. Uh, I just think uh, fantastic football game uh, by you. Um, Kansas City, not so much, but certainly uh, what I saw out of Tampa was really, really impressive. You know, and I'm, as a coach, you're, you really, um, when you watch a game, especially in the studio, and you got all the things that go on with the broadcast and, you know, time slots and all that stuff, it's really, really difficult because you see so many things that you would really love to share with the fans. And in that 31-9 win, the Bucks did some incredible things. And you know, during the week we had talked about it, and I and I remember saying to everybody that, you know, what I think the place that the Bucks need to work is with their tight ends and their running backs because in the previous game, you know, the the DBs from Kansas City had done a good job of you know holding off that core of receivers, and the, uh, for most of the game that was true in the Super Bowl. You know, you look at statistically, I think they had nine or ten catches at receiver. Uh, and they had one touchdown and, and uh, really, I think, less than 110 yards. So it was Gronkowski and it was Brait and it was the two running backs that really were the Tampa Bay offense. And that, I thought, was great coaching on Bruce Arians' part. Uh, you know, he, they understood where the mismatches were. They got Sorensen in coverage a bunch. Um, you know, uh, they scored the one touchdown that A.B. scored. I want to talk about this because this is really – this is big time football stuff. We're watching. We're watching the show, and Tampa puts out their big personnel, 
and they've got Antonio Brown out there as a wide receiver. And then they want to take him off the field. And Brady stops him. You could you could hear him on the on the broadcast. You could hear him uh, tell the coaches, no, 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 I want that personnel. And they talked about the formation, but he said, I want that personnel. What he wanted was A.B. on the field because he saw that when he went to big personnel and they had Haig, the extra offensive lineman, and the two extra tight ends in the game, they and, and – <clears throat> They now said, okay, we better match big for big. And they went to their goal line package. And in their goal line package, they leave Tyran Matthew on the field. Well, that puts him one-on-one with the wide receiver. And Brady, being Brady, was so sharp and so in the moment, so laser-focused that he told the coaches on the sideline, no, leave that personnel group on the field because I got a mismatch now. And actually, I found out today – uh, Clyde Christensen, the receiver coach for Tampa Bay, said that uh, Antonio Brown ran the wrong route. He ran what was supposed to be an in and back out, what we call a whip route, where you drive to the slant, which is the number one goal line route you got to stop as a DB, and then you whip back out and, and take it to the out. He ran an, a little three-step hint out and then drove inside on uh, – on Matthew, but because of his quickness, Matthew couldn't match it. Tom put the ball on him right now, and they got the touchdown. So you talk about the greatness of a great one, and and again, Tony Romo. Nobody, nobody even talked about it in the game because they didn't. You know, it goes too fast, right? But when I'm watching it, I'm saying, I get you, what you want, and it's it's incredible that he has the wherewithal the mental wherewithal to be in that moment that high pressure moment and get tell the coaches what he needs but also when the receiver runs the wrong route instead of panicking and it was a one receiver route there's nobody else he can throw to instead of panicking or throwing a ball away or you know getting taking a sack he he put a strike right on AB and they got a touchdown. And and to me, that was the most impressive play I saw out of Brady the entire time. But Tampa Bay's defense was outstanding. And Todd Bowles, I really truly believe will get another head coaching opportunity from that game alone, because I cannot remember in a Super Bowl where a defense maybe back in what it was Oh one or whatever the Ravens, uh, they might've had that, you know, the Bears in 85 had that kind of defensive performance, but they just completely, completely just harassed and hit and hurried and moved and sacked Patrick Mahomes to a point where a great athlete, a tremendous athlete is really nullified. I mean, he, he throws for what, 260 yards or whatever, but he, it took him 49 throws to do it through an interception, got sacked three times. Um, Todd did an incredible job of, you know, attacking the protections. They did all the things we thought they needed to do to win the game. They never gave free access to the second level to Tyreek Hill. They were physical. They tackled well. And they let their linebackers really take over the game. And, and you know, so I think there were a lot of guys that should be taking bows in Tampa Bay coming off of this thing. Obviously, Gronkowski had a great game. Uh, you know, playoff Lenny had a great game. You know, but really when it comes down to it, I think that the coaching staff at Tampa 
deserves a tremendous amount of credit. I mean, offense, defense, special teams. I, th I thought Kansas City had a market advantage and special teams didn't work out that way. The punter couldn't punt the ball. They got the first three possessions at the 32, the 43, and the 30, right? And they got three points out of that. So, again, that just tells you how well that Tampa Bay defense played in a really, really tough situation. Mikey, let's go to some questions right now and because uh, we want to hear from – Want to hear from our fans? Um, Mark Sugar says, "Great interview. It really was." And I, we'll get Neil back on because uh, Neil's son's going through a thing right now that you know I experienced as a as a player, and it's really uh, it's an incredible time in your life. And for all of you fathers out there who have sons that are playing and would like to have their son recruited to be a football player in the, in North America. Um, Neil's going through that right now, and, and I've told him that when he and George, his son, are comfortable with it, I'd like to have him come on and talk about the re recruiting process and kind of demystify that for the, you know, for the other guy, parents out there, or young kids out there that want to go play college football in North America. So, again, appreciate that, Mark Sugar. Uh, Reese91X says, that was great. I was so proud to see how the game has grown in the U.K. Reese, I tell you what, it is incredible to me. And, and this is our Aloha show, which means that, in Hawaii, you say aloha two ways. You say it as to say hello, and you say it as to say goodbye. And uh, this is our aloha show, uh, which means that tomorrow I'm going to get on a plane and, and fly back home to Hawaii. Uh, we're going to continue to do the show from Hawaii as long as Michael, Magic Mike, can come come up with his come up with his magic. But uh, we're gonna we're gonna stay with. So it's going to be a goodbye and a hello. And uh, every time I come back here to my second island, I, I'm just amazed with the fans here. I'm going to miss you guys. I'll miss you ter terribly. And that that uh, weekly connection every Tuesday is uh, is what's got to kind of have to carry us through till we get to uh, what's going on next year. Uh, the Irish NFL show says, as long as you have Wi-Fi, we will do it. That's right. You got it, baby. Now, again, um, I'm going to have to go make sure that the, that the hamster that runs around the wheel in, in to get the Wi-Fi working at my house. I'm, I'm going to have to make sure he's in fit shape. Uh, Brando, 1994, says, rumors coming out over the weekend, the Bears have offered a first pick, Foles and Cohen for Wentz. That may be true. That may be true. I know that the Bears, uh, it was very, very close over the weekend. I thought it was actually going to happen before the Super Bowl that Wentz was going to go to the Bears. Uh, I think there's been some kinks in that right now and because obviously Philadelphia knows that they have a uh, you know MVP quarterback a uh, guy that has first round draft choice ability the Bears need a quarterback so you know Philadelphia is obviously going to hold out for a King's ransom we saw what Matthew Stafford brought to uh, to the Rams and so anybody that's trading a quarterback you're going to have to pay to get a guy and you know I think Foles is a guy that I'm sure they would give up they give up that salary Cohen um, you know when he's healthy he's a really really good player and a first pick is you know everybody gets enamored with those first picks but to when you can get a proven player over a first pick I'd always take a proven player it's a good question Brando uh, Fred Flunk says Neil Jeff you lads have a passion for the sport great to see you both trailblazing Fred I really appreciate it and again you know how we feel about you and, and all you've done to help us with this and, and drive this forward. And yes, we are going to have member of the tribe shirts. We got to get them. We got to, we got to come up with a design and we'll get them and we'll, we'll uh, offer them on, uh, 
offer them on Mike. How do you do that? If we're going to offer them, what would we do? Here he comes. Give me a Mike's month. Got, we'll my that. answer, man. He knows everything. Magic yeah, Mike. Month, I'm gonna work on it. Yeah. All right, Mike. Mike, here's the thing. Fred was has been pushing this since last spring. We talk about everybody who you know. All of us, we're all one tribe, right? And so we want to come up with a T-shirt that we can wear or we can market that uh, speaks to what we are, one tribe of NFL fans worldwide, right? And uh, how could we do that? How can we come up with that? Now, we're not interested in making any money, but we want to make sure that every we kind of have a, a way to identify each other. Let's have a talk about it off camera. Sounds good. Sounds all good. Right. Look, look, I'm... Like I'm in both Ireland and the UK technically with the whole EU thing, so it's great for me. I can help out if you're in Hawaii, so we'll we'll sort it out. Can I just say before I go down here again, as a fan, I'm as a fan, somebody's watched for 10, 15 years, seen you, Kev, Neil, and stuff. That interview was fantastic. <laughs> that honest, no, seriously, that was like it was almost like the perfect talk at the end of the season. Like it was just like it was great, great crack, great crack. Uh, I, I appreciate that. See, I'm learning because I didn't I didn't know what Mike was saying when he said crack. Like like crack like, I mean it's good fun. Like crack, for us, like yeah. I mean I, or, you know, I know it means something back, different outside back, of Ireland. Back, yeah, back home we back home we have crack seed, right? But <laughs> what well, is that it just means like something? I'll, I'll type it. So C R A I C. That was good crack. Hey, what's the crack? It's I don't know. You just say, "Oh, here that 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 cheese game was some crack last night." Um, Mike, you know that that's we have a word. We have two words actually. The work function just like that. We say the kind. You know the kind, right? I've heard so, of it. No, I, I didn't know. There you go. All right. See, it's it's universal. All us islanders, man. It's it's just island language. It's just a little different island. So it's good fun. There's 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 a few more questions here, and I'll, like I'll just all right. here's the same. Yeah, big shows. Stay on here. Big shows. Says, will KC make it back to the Super Bowl next year? Only eight losing teams have ever. Well, obviously, there's no guarantee, and it's hard to get back. I mean, it's you got you got 31 other teams are trying to you know get there too. So it's tough. You got to be healthy. I think there's a lot of things that are going to have to happen. If you look at Kansas City, obviously, they, they there's some areas where they need to improve, and uh, that offense can cover some mistakes, but it can't cover a lot of mistakes. It can't cover up for a defensive line that's probably not quite good enough. Uh, you got a, you got two elite players and then just guys, a linebacker core that's not good enough, I don't think. And, you know, uh, you know, I love Daniel Sorensen's effort and all that stuff, but he is a liability in coverage. Those are things that people will attack. And you got to get more depth on the offensive line. I mean, they had, uh, you know, you had Tardif opted out before the season started. Then you lose – your two tackles, it's tough. You're going to have to you're going to have to develop some depth because you got some old guys. Wisniewski's probably not going to play much more. Remmer's probably not going to play much more. But this is a good this is a good question. Big shows of Roger because this is coming now to what we're going to do from here on out. Each week, starting next week, we're going to take one NFL team and we're going to look at them as an off season. Like you, we are the GM. We're going to say okay, and we're going to start at the bottom of the league and we're going to go 32 weeks. To the top of the league. So next week, we're going to have the Jacksonville Jaguars underneath the microscope, and we're going to look at what we need to do to become a winning football team. Personnel, coaching, 
office structure, all of it. We're going to look at every organization from top to bottom, and we're going to, again, encourage the fans of that team to call in, ask questions. Again, if you're in the division or if you just want to talk football, obviously it's it's uh, it's going to be a real interesting thing, but we're going to put the first one under the microscope next week, Mikey, the Jacksonville Jaguars. And wait till we get to <laughs> Wait till we get to your Denver Broncos, baby, because... Uh, no, I'm... And look, I was going to say something about the Chiefs there, but as you just said there, no, I, I'm not really in a position to say anything. I, I don't want to be biased. <laughs> I think, you do, like, do you know what? A lot of the talk on Denver is this, and I guess the AFC West, you saw that, that, that question about the Chiefs. What they've done over the last two or three years has been fantastic, but that line, that line needs fixing, and it's not a quick fix, but then again, Jeff and Colin said it on the show last night, you know, they took $137 or something like cap space and, and they signed Kelsey, I think Tyreek Hill and Patrick and Patrick Mahomes. So look, you know, there's there's obviously a lot more stuff going there, obviously the whole Andy Reid situation as well. But if there's a if there's a conference to do it in the AFC is to do it for them. So I I mean they probably will make it back no my look. Yeah, well it's it's gonna be interesting, it'll be fun to watch the whole time. <laughs> All right, one more question, Mike, and then, then let's... Well, there's, the, there's a lot of crack comments, right? So Fred Flunk says, great time equals crack. But here's the thing. You can also say the crack is mighty, right? The crack is mighty as in big crack. And also, crack is 90. I think that's like, yeah. Crack is 90, yeah. Uh, you, you want one more question, yeah? Yeah, give me one more question. I tell you, I love this. I love this. I, I'm learning, man. I'm learning all the time. All right, Jordan Hart, too, says, thoughts on Tua going into year two. Does Smith or Waddle fit better for Miami? I, I'm going to tell you something. I, I'm a, I have always been a Tua fan, and I've known the kid since he was a high school kid. Uh, I think there is a um, – he has a ceiling. Uh, I think that it's, – and it's more, his, it's more his physical ceiling than it's his mental, mental ceiling because I think he's really a sharp kid, very, very, very good teammate, good leader, all that kind of stuff. I worry about him when I see him, and I've and I've said this since he was a high school player. He's so slight in his upper body, particularly, that I worry about his ability to, you know, hang in there with all the physical punishment that an NFL quarterback's got to take. Because when you look around the league and you look at guys, and you know, you don't think of Aaron Rodgers as a big guy, but Aaron Rodgers, when you stand next to Aaron Rodgers, and you know, and you're in public, you go, damn, right? When you stand next to Patrick Mahomes, you go, damn, right? And, you know, when you stand next to, Car- next to Carson Wentz, you go, damn. When you when you stand next to Tua, you go, damn. <laughs> you know, it's like a different kind of damn. And, and you know, that's what worries me, that he's that he's going to get – has to he's got to develop some more strength. I think that will help his throwing, and it will certainly help his, uh, his ability to, you know, take shots in the pocket because they're all going to take them can i ask one question myself jeff before we go like the last one of the season i guess before we go off season mode a, a one word answer right right as this photo loads where is this guy going to be come the first snap in 211 days Ooh, baby i have one word I can say one thing, one place. What? One team, yeah, go for it. <laughs> I'm going to say Houston. Oh. I'm going to say Houston. I don't think Houston – I if, if Houston trades him, if they trade him, they had, they had better get like 
I mean, a boatload of money and picks. I mean, a boatload. Because you're talking about one of the top five quarterbacks in the league. And for him to go somewhere, to, like, for example, how much, who has that kind of capital? Really, I, I mean, I don't know. Detroit now because of the trade. Jacksonville, right? But the thing that's tough about all this is he has the right of first refusal. He can say, I'm not going. And the trade's devoid. So if he doesn't want to play in Detroit or Jacksonville or the Jets or wherever, somebody that's quarterback desperate, he can just say no. Now, how much, and this is what's tough, Mike, right, for the fans to understand, how much of what he's, his posturing about, I'm not going back to Houston, I don't want to go back to Houston, how much of that is negotiation and how much of that is real heartfelt dis dislike for what's going on in Houston? I can't answer that one. But I know if I'm Houston and he's he's my court, our quarterback, if we're going to trade him, we better get a whole bunch of money. And if I'm the head coach, I want about a five-year extension on my contract because that's how much longer it's going to take me to rebuild this stuff. Well, if you're anybody listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, we're talking about the Sean Watson here. But, Jeff, just really quickly, man, I know you're going to go, but he has the, the right to refuse to play next season. He, he can sit the season out, can't he? And just sit there and be like, Le'Veon Bell did it. It's been done before in the National Football League. Now, will you ever recoup the money that you would lose? Probably not, right? Because he's getting well paid right now. And remember that they if he doesn't show up, they can find him. If they really want to be they really want to be harsh, they'd have the right to find him. And I'm gonna tell you something, the fine that they can lay on him is serious. And so that would sting too. Now that would be the, I mean, that would be the ultimate standoff now. Right. But I hope it doesn't come to that. I hope that he's too good a player and he's too, he's too important to the league. I think to, to let that happen. So it'll be interesting to see how that goes. Yes, sir. Michael, yes, sir. it is that time where we got to say aloha to the UK, to Ireland, to Scotland, to Europe, to all of it and head home tomorrow at a, Two o'clock flight headed for Seattle and then on to Honolulu. And I'm going to tell you something, man. I really want to thank you personally. You've done an amazing job. Jordan <laughs> Jordan Hart says aloha. Thanks, my brother. You've done an amazing job with this. And I can't wait to see where we can take it. And, you know, we're going to be an international podcast by now on, right? Well, I'm, I'm 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 looking forward to when the borders open and I'm sitting in Hawaii doing this. So it's, it's going to be good fun. So. You're free. You're, yeah. Hey, man, we got plenty of room. We got plenty of room. Hey, no, thank you for, it's, it's been great. It's been great. It's been awesome. Thank you for joining us, everybody. Mike and I want to say thank you. Hickory's, thank you so much for sponsoring us this past week. It's been a blast. And again, we are going to go once, one team a week under the microscope. Jacksonville Jaguars, next week it's your week. And right here on Coffee with Coach on Spotify and soon to be Apple Podcasts. Cheers, Jeff. Thank you.